You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Welcome back. Another edition of Locked On ACC. Got my guy Tyler Aki with me from Locked On Syracuse joining today's show. We're going to talk NBA draft towards the end. And you know, we have the NBA draft starting tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. We also have some good conversation when it comes to ACC Media Day. We're going to continue that because we have another host whose team is kind of sitting towards the bottom. He has Locked On Syracuse. So I want to hear his thoughts, especially talking about Coach Babers, Josh Black's reactions to the kickoff and all of that good stuff. So got to hear from the man himself. And then finally, we'll talk about, you know, just the preseason polls and where we're feeling like some of the teams should be ranked or maybe they got a little bit too high, too low, all of that good stuff on today's show. And reminder, if you guys really want some live coverage, I strongly encourage you to hit up the live NBA draft show. Chad Ford, Raphael Barlow, John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Bill Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch the live coverage again tonight at 7 p.m. Tyler, I hope you're having a great start to your week. Absolutely. It's been, I mean, NBA draft time is one of my favorite days of the summer. We're finally here. We finally made it. I know. It's, it's really crazy how... The summer has flown, especially for, you know, all of us media people where we're trying to like grab for content towards the middle of summer and then boom, it's like warp speed. And uh, certainly with some of these conferences, a lot of things are happening at a rapid pace. So much. I mean, with that, you've got, uh, so you were just at media day. First, yeah. I have to ask, how was it? Because <laughs> ACC media day, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite, day, I only went one time, but it is like in my top 10, in terms of days of my life, it, it, it's so fun. And you just mingle there. It's uh, it's a good time and it always helps. Back when I was there, the one time I went, Larry Fedora provided mm-hmm. plenty of fireworks. That was when he, he likened the, the fall of football to the demise of the country. He I think he was like denying concussions or something like that, too. It's something crazy. Oh, There's a reason he's nice. no longer the head coach of, uh, of UNC anymore. You're in much better hands right now with Mac Brown. But. I just remember a lot of fireworks. But what, what was the, what were some of the things that stood out for you? You know, we have to go back to Fedora for a second. I thought you were going to say he showed you guys his abs, and I would have been fine with that because you know he definitely was one of the most fit. Honestly, he might have, and that was like number three of the most notable things he did. <laughs> but no, Mac Brown certainly was a sight to see. He had all the great sound bites. Him, Coach Tut, you know, Babers, the rest. Uh, Coach Halfley was probably the most charismatic. I was telling AJ Black from Locked On Boston College on yesterday's show. Definitely had a lot of charisma and I can understand why the Eagles have bought into his kind of system, but overall it was a great experience. I think listening to every team and you know, when you cover the whole ACC, it's nice to put names and faces and be like, Oh man, I've been hyping you up. And now I get to actually see you because how many games am I going to be going to Syracuse? Not many, but you know, I'm still rooting, right? All that good stuff. So it was a good, it was a good opportunity and I'm super grateful for our network that we got to kind of see that and how it's all going to roll. And I'm very excited for the season. And I am, again, we'll say for the probably the third, fifth time, I'm convinced that everybody's going to win the thing. I feel excited for everybody. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Unfortunately, that's not how it's going to pan out. You know, all, everyone doesn't have all the horses in the stable 
to be successful, but I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to get excited about Carolina, but I'm going to be, you know, a little reserved. I'm going to try and just mellow out and just enjoy it for what it is. But definitely want to talk about Dino Papers because he did not seem like a man who feels like his job is on the line. He really just wants to deliver a consistent season and kind of have that part of his resume to go. But your thoughts, because I know you guys are super kind of hot seat babers, but I also wanted to talk about Josh Black, who really said he came, one of the main reasons he came back was because he couldn't end on a one in 10 season. And he was like, I put that a lot on my shoulders. A lot of us seniors just wouldn't, can't allow ourselves to leave it worse off than what we found it. So on the Dino Babers note, I don't think he's acting like he's on the hot seat. First of all, he's always calm, cool and collected. I don't think he'd ever tip his hand and everything that he's done since he's been at Syracuse has been close to the best. I don't think he was going to reveal anything about his job status there. I think he feels the pressure, but at the same time, I think he also knows that he doesn't have to go out and have a spectacular season to keep his job. Right. He just has to show significant improvement and significant improvement from one in 10 isn't asking a lot. If he goes five and seven, maybe four and eight with a marquee win and you you upset a ranked team or a good team. He's probably back. That's a big buyout number that he's got. He's owed a lot of money if if Syracuse wants to move on from him. So I don't think he necessarily feels that he, I think he's aware. He understands the situation. He knows if he goes two and 10, he's gone. All right? right. But I think he also is cognizant of the fact that he doesn't necessarily have to go eight and four or seven and five to keep his job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also think just like overall, the expectations for Syracuse football have to come into play a little bit here because we're so like, I think NC State fans are the type of fans where like, if you don't go eight and four, what are we doing? Like, why are we not great? All right, you know, let's let's dial it back a bit. Clemson going eight and four. Yeah, we can have a conversation. Guys falling, yeah. (laughs) Everyone run for cover. But I think Syracuse, you know, they have, if they get six wins, that'll be a solid season. But like he kept reiterating, consistency is going to be key. Having a 10-win season, then a one-win season, that's just not going to fly for any program because you're kind of just looking at your head. Coach, as if what, what is your leadership skills if you can't have guys dial in and buy in for what sometimes, well, what was, you know, a very up and down year. And I think part of the buy-in is what you've seen out of Josh Black. Like you mentioned, he's yeah. back for his sixth season. And when you've got guys who said, I can't end my college career going one in 10, yeah. I think that means something that, that the players are bought in. And you always hear after a team goes, has a really bad season or a very underwhelming season from the season before you hear guys talk about how half the locker room checked out, checked right. out early, or maybe heading into the season. If you did have lofty expectations and you didn't meet them, you, you got, you puffed your chest out a little bit too much in the preseason and, and you weren't as dialed in as you needed to be. And I think Josh Black, He's a guy who's going to take it to heart. Now, Tim and I over on Locked on Syracuse, we've been doing this little series now for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks where we go through the top five most important players at each positional group. We start okay. with number five on Monday and we get to number one by Friday. And I'm going to spoil who our number one is for tomorrow's Friday show, but there it's Josh go. Black. I think you can kind of do the math too if you've, if you've been listening <laughs> to the show, but it's Josh Black. And he's a guy who started nine games as a true freshman. When you start nine games as a true freshman, you've 
probably got NFL potential if you're playing at the ACC level. Right. And the fact that we are where we are right now, where Josh Black is entering his sixth year as not a, a real lofty NFL draft prospect. Listen, he's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with new coordinators. He's dealt with shift in positions. But yeah, his career has been a little underwhelming. And I think yeah. he might even admit as much to you mm-hmm. because of the fact that when you came in, you set the bar pretty dang high for what you could be as a player. And you just haven't really lived up to that quite yet. This is a, a no excuse year for him now. I'm not going to hold a COVID year against him. I'm not going to hold a COVID year against anyone. Yeah. But this is a no excuse year for him now. If you're coming back as a sixth year. And I would love to get your thoughts on it being a no excuse year because currently the ACC preseason poll predicted order of finish has Syracuse sitting at the bottom. And I want to get your thoughts on the Atlantic as a whole and whether or not it's fitting for Syracuse to be there, or maybe there people are getting a little too hasty with that. But first I'm going to remind you guys that with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Widen door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the person behind you to order the parts on their computer. Save time and money when using rock auto. It's a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and more. Go explore their easy-to-use website today or to find a solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliability, prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. talking to me about ACC preseason poll predicted order of finish. We have Clemson sitting at number one in the Atlantic all the way down to Syracuse. And I was having, I had JJ Jackson on the show on Tuesday. We talked about the coastal side and how Carolina sat at number one while Duke, his blue devil sat at the bottom. He said, that must've been a fun show for him. (laughs) He said the blue devils deserve to be at the bottom. He said, listen, they don't have the horses in the stable to be great. And that's kind of just very much a put up or shut up year for Coach Cut. It might be a, all right, it might be that time retirement, you know, watch for Coach Cutcliffe. So, yeah, he was, he was, listen, I was shocked because, you know, a lot of people very much are when you're a homer, you go for the big dogs. But he said, listen, that's just where we deserve to be. I want to know, do you feel like Syracuse deserves to be at the bottom of the Atlantic? Yes, I do. (laughs) And I, I say that knowing that there's potential, but okay, here's the thing is, the ceiling on this team, I feel like, is six wins. Yeah. And when that is your ceiling, you're probably the worst team in mm. your division, right? Like, I, I have a hard time seeing this team maybe winning eight, nine, even seven. I, if Syracuse won seven games this year, I mean, throw a parade. Marshall <laughs> Street would get shut down. Like, like <laughs> that is what you're looking at with Syracuse. And Mm -hmm. so they bring back a lot of people from last year, but it almost begs the question when you do that from a one in 10 team, how significant is that? Now, Mm -hmm. in fairness, they dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Okay. That's cool. Your quarterback play should be improved. It really can't be worse than what it was from a season ago, but how much better will it be? That is what the question is. And if you've got questions on your offensive line, if they don't take a step, if your quarterback isn't protected, this season could blow up in your face. Ooh. But 
Mm-hmm. I also think that are they are they as bad? Listen, we we can say last place team about Syracuse, <laughs> right? But at the mm-hmm. same time, I do think this division is pretty good. It's yeah. it's about as deep as we've seen it in recent memory. For so sure. I I think that Syracuse, the gap between one and seven in the in the division, massive. When you look at Clemson all the way down to Syracuse, but is Syracuse the worst team in the ACC? I don't know. I, I would probably say no. I would probably go Duke as maybe being the worst team. But in terms of uh, where, where they sit in the division, yeah, I just think it's a deeper division than what you look at in the Coastal, where you've got every single team except one receiving a first place vote. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, see, I had to bring up Syracuse's schedule because I'm like, okay, maybe he's just going a little too hard on, on your team, right? Maybe we're going a little too tough. It's not easy. I'm going to give you guys the first win of beating Ohio. Rutgers might be their first, you know, challenge. Albany, of course, I think you're going to pull it out. Liberty, you know, they do have that really good quarterback, but I still feel like they can squeak out a win. But then you got Florida State starting early in October. Wake Forest is not going to be a slump. And then you got Clemson. Virginia Tech, I think, is a game that you'll be in. Boston College will be tough. Louisville, a game you could win. Syracuse play NC State, that'll be tough. And Pittsburgh, hell, we don't know what they're going to bring. So that's always up in the air. <laughs> but overall, so, there, wins, there are possibilities there. I, I look at it this way. And, and when you look at, I don't have it up in front of me, but mm-hmm. Tim and I have talked about this a number of times. There's a very solid chance you go over on the road yeah. because some of their toughest games come on the road. And when you've got that, not to mention the fact that one of your home games is Clemson this year. That's probably, a, well, not pro- that is 99% a loss. You might hang around with them for a little bit, but probably a loss. So the, the schedule is just, it doesn't line up favorably with the home road split. And I'm not saying this as, as an excuse. I'm just saying it, listen, this is how the schedule shook out this year. Okay. You got to play it. And I'm sure there's other teams. I think I, I heard the other day, I believe it's Georgia Tech has the toughest strength of schedule. So mm-hmm. there are people that have it worse than you right now. Yeah. And it's going to be a really, really, really difficult road stretch for them. And if you go over on the road, you let some of those losses snowball into losses that be, end up coming at home too, because, hey, you feel like you're out of it and maybe the buy-in starts to fade later in, or in the early portions of the season. Right. The season could really spiral out of control. And that comes down to coaching. And yeah. if the coaching isn't there, if the coach cannot get buy-in, even when you're losing games, then yeah, you probably deserve to go. Yeah. You, listen, you sold me. I'm, I'm convinced because I think that's the key part that you just hit on the head, the coaching, the dialing in, the having to win on the road, the having the challenges on the road. Can he pull something out of guys like Josh Black and company? That, that's going to be the trick here. But when, it, when you mentioned it being a tough, excuse me, cut tough division. You're not lying because Atlantic, while people assume, okay, Clemson, everybody else, which of course, you know, they're predicted to finish first out of everybody. I think that Boston college should have been number two. Personally. I think that Florida state is nobody to sleep on, but I think that Louisville sitting pretty at number six is not somewhere we can, we can be stressed about. That's the one team that I think Syracuse can maybe battle for, for a not dead last finish. But that's the thing is you played them last year. A lot of teams are returning a significant number of players this year. And you lost 30 to nothing in one of the most uncompetitive football games I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 
listen, it, it works both ways too. Right. Also, right. a little side note here. Okay. Um, okay. I'm looking at the voting for the Atlantic Division here, mm-hmm. and I see one first place vote for NC State. <laughs> yeah. The other 146 went to Clemson. Why aren't we at the point now where we have to reveal who we voted for? I mean, <laughs> uh, listen, you can vote for NC State. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You should also have to reveal who you are. Okay, <laughs> because that is we you need to start holding people people you, accountable for this. Yeah, stuff. I know baseball has started to do it with the Hall of Fame, where you can publicize your ballot. No, if you're voting on stuff, your vote should be public. Everyone should know who voted for who, especially when you're doing outlandish stuff like that. But if it's not close, does it matter? Do we have to know who this one person is? Because I think yes. That's just like- <laughs> so they don't get one next year. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I do. But what if that one person who voted, they end up being? I'm right? starting to think with all the questioning you're responding with, <laughs> it might be you. Because I know you got a vote. Is it you? Reveal yourself right now. I am not crazy. Okay, I know what it is. And if I was ever going to be the one person to be a homer, it damn sure is not going to be NC State. <laughs> that I'm is just... true. That is a very valid counterpoint. So you, are, the blood is off your hands. A hundred percent. If I'm going to give my one vote, I'm a hundred percent going with Carolina, and that definitely damn sure did not happen because I think they are have way too much hype. I don't think they're going to finish first, and that's what scares me. Did you give say. them a first place vote? Absolutely not. Okay. Who, no. who did you, if, you, if you're willing to reveal your vote here, I'm not, I don't want to pressure you, but if you're willing to reveal your vote, who did you vote to win the Coastal? I had Miami winning. Okay. And the okay. only reason I do is because I, I know my team. Like my team right. is just somehow going to fumble the bag and that's just what we do. And so I made peace with it. <laughs> and I don't mind being wrong. Like, please have me be a hundred percent wrong, but I just, I'm going to give it to De'Aaron King. I think there's a lot of pressure on him coming off of injury. But overall, I think that Carolina's just going to fumble it. It's not. It's not going to be for anybody else doing extremely well. It's going to be Carolina blowing. So that's so that's that my reasoning there. I would guess off of my logic here that you did not vote for Sam Howell for preseason player of the year. Now I'm not crazy. <laughs> okay. I did vote for well, Sam Howell only well, because me, of injury from De'Aaron King. That's the only reason. Okay. The yeah. only reason I say that is because if Sam Howell is the player of the year. I feel like that means Carolina wins the division. Well, I feel like you, you have to have a, you have a lot of faith in Carolina receivers in Carolina's offensive line who have not. But if they're hit. dropping balls, Sam Howell isn't winning the Player of the Year. I don't think you're 100 percent right? correct. I mean, you're 100 percent correct. But I'm also banking on Tyler Chandler just having the season of his life. I don't know. Okay. See, there's so many things that. I think this, and this could be. I a think you're hedging t- here a little bit. You're hedging your bet a touch by by saying, "Okay, Sam, one of these things will be right." Yeah, and Carolina could have a strong defensive showing this year. Jeremiah Gimmel on the buckets of the world watch list. He might be the guy that the next. Uh, what's my guy? A Chaz Surratt. He might be the Chaz mm-hmm. Surratt we've all been waiting for, but actually can like you know tackle people. So I just I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm just holding my breath very seriously, and I just I. I don't want to say I don't care, but if I tell myself I don't care, it'll hurt less. You know, you know what that that feels like. You're like, oh, that doesn't matter. I'm secretly going to cry (laughs) and cry after every single Saturday game. That's just how I feel about Carolina football. I just have to detach myself because it makes me feel. That's fair enough. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) A hundred percent. Well, we're going to finish up the show talking because we all know the NBA draft is tonight at 7 p.m. We've got a live draft coverage to talk about. I want to hear Tyler's thoughts on some of the key players that will 
hopefully hear their names called, almost certainly hear their names called tomorrow or tonight, excuse me. But first, I want to remind you guys, if you feel like you know who the number one draft pick is going to be, I strongly encourage you to hit up Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Baseball is in full swing. The draft is tonight. We've got some good NHL, not NHL, excuse me. We've got some good MLB matchups coming this way. So for all of your sporting needs, please head to betonline.ag for the next pitch. Use your laptop or mobile device to check out the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their run into some serious good playoff matchup action. Websites, betonline.ag. You can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Rounding out today's show, we have got some good, great athletes going to hear their names called on the stage for the NBA Draft 2021. And I know Tyler has some guys that he wants to make sure we bring to light. Only person I really am <laughs> interested in hearing is Dayron Sharp. I feel like my guy probably should have stayed another year, but people have been talking high on him in some of these workouts and saying like, okay, there's, there's, you know, potential. Will he be a two-way player? I don't, I don't know. I'm feeling dicey about it, but are there guys that you think that are definitely going to have their names mentioned tomorrow? Yes. It, well, it obviously starts with Scotty Barnes. It's just yeah. whether, is he going to be top five? Is he going to be top seven, top 10? Scotty Barnes, uh, pretty much far and away above everyone else on yeah. this draft list. And then you look at other guys from the ACC. Trey Murphy's an interesting one. And then mm-hmm. you brought up Sharp. I think also Jalen Johnson. That's a super intriguing name among draft circles right now. And then if you start to stretch in the second round, you got guys like David Johnson and stuff like that from Louisville. But when you start with Scotty Barnes, I know a lot of people, he, he I feel like is one of the more polarizing people in this draft. Sure. Right now, because of the fact that a he wasn't a starter at the end of the year, b you don't know what his shooting is going to be like. But I'll tell you this: look at the Florida State guys that have gone to the league lately, Hello. and how they've <laughs> how they've played. I mean, yeah. you look at Terrence Mann from Florida mm-hmm. State; he was fantastic in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. They may not pop in year one, but after that, they start to play pretty well. Patrick Williams. I thought had a really solid season for the Bulls this past season. Yeah. Um, Dwayne Bacon, uh, you're seeing guys all across. Devin Vassell, I think, is going to be another guy that can th- that'll pop along uh, at some point too. But Scotty Barnes is maybe the most highly touted out of all of them. And I'll say this: the one thing that I'm interested in with Scotty Barnes is the fact that I remember when he was dirt in his recruitment process, he was like a six three, six four guard who has now sprung to six seven, six eight. I'm wondering if he's still sort of growing into his body, trying to regain that shooting touch that yeah. he used to have. And maybe that contributed to a lot of his struggles shooting the basketball this year. He's got the facilitating in him. He's got the playmaking. Good defender. If I'm the Orlando Magic at five and I've got another pick sitting at eight, Scotty Barnes might be the guy where you try to hit a home run on one pick and you try to hit a single on the other pick. Scotty Barnes might be the guy you look at hitting a home run with. And I want you to talk a little bit about Trey Murphy, because I think that, you know, a lot of guys who, you know, come into this process nowadays, they don't necessarily have the start that they want. You know, he went to Rice and then ended up at Virginia and he didn't exactly get the playing time. 
But, you know, when you see something in yourself, it's almost like, all right, screw it. Why am I going to keep going, dealing with before the NIL deals and, you know, before all of the making money and do whatever you want? Why waste time? You know, why not go ahead and get you hear your name called? So what are your thoughts on him and what how you think he'll fare in the league? It kind of reminds me of last year in the draft, all the buzz that was around Aaron Neesmith from Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt, just a knockdown shooter. I mean, you look at his numbers, (laughs) they pop off the page, 43% from three, 93% from the free throw line. I mean, and and he can play defense too. He's long, wiry guy. So six, eight, I mean, the measurables are there. The shooting is there. And I kind of look at what the Phoenix Suns did this past year. And mm-hmm. look at some of the guys that they brought along and drafted. I think of guys like Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. Those yeah. guys were important players on a team that went to the finals. And Trey Murphy, it feels like, is cut from that same cloth there. So if he, he's going to play defense for you. He's going to shoot the lights out. And he's got length. So maybe he can guard a position up, too, if you need him to. Or he can guard a really talented two. So I like Trey Murphy. I, I think he's one of those guys who you, you're getting right outside the lottery when it, you're looking at a Trey Murphy. And who knows? I mean, we've seen teams in the past reach on a guy like Bridges and, and reach on a guy like Cam Johnson. And it was shocking at the time to see them go as high as they did. But, I mean, picks have paid off, certainly. Right, right, right. And I think 3 and D guys are always going to be a solid pickup for any team. And like you mentioned, Cam Johnson was a key energy maker for the Suns this past season. I think another year under his belt, will definitely be a great addition. And Trey Murphy probably will add something like that to whatever team he's with. And then, you know, another guy that I obviously wanted to touch on was Dayron Sharp. And I'm feeling like, you know, there was a lot of conversations around whether or not he would even get picked up. And I'm sitting here like, did we not see him dominate? And I would just, you know, curious thought for you being kind of like a basketball head, having those, you know, natural abilities you got do uh, scouts more so now just like, okay, well he's athletic, but what else is that the kind of resounding thoughts towards, you know, when they're looking for guys or who they should pick and put on their respective teams. See this guy seems Daron sharp seems like the perfect guy who needed to just go to the workouts mm-hmm. and show what he can do at the workout. Because when he was at school, think of all the pressure that he was under. Right. Because he look at that center room. It was Garrison yeah. Brooks. It was <laughs> Armando Baycott. And then a couple of five stars with him and Walker Kessler. It's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's a freshman and, and you're staring the preseason ACC player of the year. He's in your room with you. You've got Armando Baycott, once upon a time, McDonald's All-American five-star. You've got another five-star Walker Kessler with you. That's a lot to put on your plate. and. Sometimes those guys go out there and whenever they go out there, they just try to get theirs. Yeah. When, and then you put them in some of these workouts where the goal is it's just you, or, or if you are in a five on five, you've got NBA scouts watching you, it changes the entire dynamic and there's more spacing and everything. So I think that Dayron Sharp probably making the right call here to go pro. And I, I almost look at Armando Baycott as the blueprint of what he should not have done. Who knows? Maybe Armando Baycott, if he had gone to the NBA draft, would do a lot better because the pressure, the the way that the pressure is mounted on you is different. 
right? No, it's a showcase. Armando, no, he went he went missing too many games this year. I'm sorry, hell no. (laughs) But (laughs) I think you can say the same thing about Dayron too. Yeah, all those guys they go missing at times, and it's because sometimes you go out and miss those first two shots, and well, hell, I (laughs) I gotta go out and and get a couple more buckets or. You don't get a chance. You just yeah. get benched because guess what? Walker Kessler's right there. Garrison Brooks yeah. is right there. There's just too much depth. See, and that's the thing. It was way too much depth. I'm glad Walker. Just, I wish Walker had stayed knowing what we know now. And I definitely think Garrison need to go ahead and do what he had to do. He was not the same player. I think he put way too much pressure on himself preseason wise. Going to Mississippi State, I hope it worked out for him for another year. Maybe he'll find himself on the team. But Dayron, he would just show so many sloppy mistakes. Like, bro, he, he acted like he was a first year, right? He definitely showed those yeah. flaws that he needed. And then you just, I'm not going to say they kind of ushered Roy into retirement, but you get about tired of yelling the same crap people, right? Like I think yeah. you get, <laughs> I think he was about over having to say, you know, defense blocks, get some rebound. Like, okay. At, after a while you just lose it. But I overall, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out, but I do agree. It, it was definitely way too crowded in that center position and who knows how it'll turn out for any of them. I'm excited for a good ACC basketball year. Cause I think that a lot of, you know, teams are going to be super competitive, but hopefully we'll hear some guys names called draft again tomorrow night at 7 PM or excuse me, not tomorrow night tonight at 7 PM on uh, YouTube. You can get the live coverage from Chad Ford, Raphael Barlow, John Corrales, as they'll be hitting up the Locked On NBA 2021 draft coverage brought to you by Built Bar. Tyler, can you remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Because we know they're going to have a lot of good talk. I know you gave a little early tease about your number one guy for Syracuse, but if they want to hear more in-depth conversation, where can they go? You can find us Locked On Syracuse. We're with you Monday through Friday. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tim and I just had a long, fleshed-out conversation about conference realignment too. Like we, we had to chop it down. So okay. it, it was, it got, I'm not going to say it got heated, but <laughs> there was passion. Let's put it that way. Let's we, put it that way. We love a passionate episode. And if you guys missed any of yesterday's episode, where we talked to AJ Black about some of the options for the ACC, if they were to add a couple schools in there, I'm not going to give it away because I know you already listened to, or will be listening to it in the next coming days. But if, you have not yet heard Tyler and his co-host. I strongly encourage you guys to download, subscribe to his podcast. Hit up Locked On ACC. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On ACC. Follow me at Kennedy Cooper. We appreciate your time, and we'll have all the good things to round out the week with Freestyle Friday tomorrow with Jersey Drake. Until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh-huh.